Hello and welcome to The Hearts Review with me, Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week are Spencer and Matty. On this week's show, we talk about Robbie Nielsen leaving Hearts, what it means for the club, and we preview Hibs on Saturday. So, uh, what's our reaction to today's news then? Um, mixed emotions, I think, overall. I mean, obviously pleased that, that the club has made the decision. A bit sad that, that it, it had to end this way for him. I mean, look, we've been advocates of, of wanting change for a long time. I think, look, I mean, you listen to me in September, I think, of last season. And we just drew with Aberdeen. I wanted them gone there and then, 1-1. Uh, and that was before we even finished starting our gun to a cup final or gone to the group stages of Europe. Because inevitably, it was always going to come to this, I think. Um, sadly, he, he, he couldn't finish uh, the job and, and take the club in the third. Because even if he had, I still think he should have gone anyway. I just thought this was the end of the road now for, for Nielsen. I thought he had took the club as far as he possibly could. And I think it's clear that the players... Are probably down tools for him. Um, certainly over the last few weeks, there they they clearly don't believe in what he's buying, and the fans aren't stupid. You know they they, they can see it with, with their own eyes, and the writing's been on the wall for a long, long time now. And um, it, it's sad that the, the the way the whole thing's kind of ended, but it was inevitable, and um, it's refreshing. I think that that the club have have acted now before it was too late. Probably understatement of the century, uh, Matty. Um, but were the the club right to pull the trigger at this moment? Oh, they were absolutely correct to to pull the trigger. Uh, I feel like it should have happened weeks ago. To be honest with you, I think he's been dead man's shoes for a while now, and that's been pretty pretty clear to see. The last two performances, in particular, the Kilmarnock game was an absolute joke. And then I said it on the show last week that we'd get beat by St Mirren, and we did. I mean, it was probably the least surprising result in Scottish football, unless you're Chris Sutton, who seems to think it's a weird decision. But, I mean, what does he know? He's seen us play three times this season against Celtic, so what do you expect from a top-tier pundit like him? Um, yeah, I have to be honest with you, I'm, I'm happy. I'm very happy. I'm not going to deny it. I'm not going to go down the party line of wishing him all the best and... Oh, it's it's a, it's a shame that he's gone. I'm glad he's out. I'm delighted he won't be near this football club for another six or seven years when we inevitably reappoint him after another relegation. But, you know, until then, I'm glad he's gone. Spencer, um, are, are you sad that Robbie's uh, gone? <clears throat> yeah, well, first of all, I want to thank Robbie for his two and a half years service back at Hearts. I think he leaves with his head held high. He's statistically one of our greatest ever managers. His record speaks for itself. 232 games, 125 wins, 45 draws, 62 losses. In his second spell, it's currently eight derbies unbeaten against Hibs. He went down to Easter Road, knocked him out of the cup. He has many impressive, many impressive um, achievements as his time as Hearts manager. Um, he's finished third twice. He may have done it for a third time, who knows? But I think ultimately it was the right decision today. I think we, we were struggling quite a bit, five straight defeats. But he does leave with his head held high. And I want to thank Robbie Nielsen for his time as Hart Midlothian manager. And who knows, he's only 42 years old. Maybe we'll see him back for a third spell, who knows? 
I think half the people, probably most of this podcast, will probably uh, not renew their season tickets if that happens for a third time. Um, Gordon, what what went wrong in Robbie Nielsen's uh, tenure then? How did we get to this point? Um, he hit the ceiling, to be honest with you. And unfortunately for him, he, he didn't have the tools to break uh, the, the glass to, to take us to the next level. Um, he... I, I, listen, I just think his cautious approach and his almost arrogance at times to um, not change his formation, I think, ultimately was it was his downfall. You know, he was he believed in what he was want, what, kind of what way he wanted the team to play, but ultimately he just it just didn't suit the team. And um, as soon as he went on a run, and almost like when teams figured out how to play against Hearts, he just didn't have a plan B or a C or a D and I think you've only got. I think we. I believe we've lost twenty games this season, which is staggering, really. When, when you think about it, and and it's almost like every big game this season that we've went into, we've choked it. We've not even been close to winning. Um, the games have been over by 10, 20 minutes, and I think that's the most disappointing thing. Um, Spencer talks about his record there, but stats are are quite irrelevant, really. I think you you know you you have to see the game with your own eyes and. Um, you could quite clearly see that that things weren't right, that there was a lack of quality there coming from the the the, the dugout. And yes, look, he, for me, done the bare minimum. I think is is what you would expect a Hearts manager to do. I, I think getting third with the budget that he has, um, particularly last season, I think was more than achievable. You know, Hibbs and Aberdeen were going through transitions. Uh, that they, they were certainly well, Hibbs were more of a mess, but Aberdeen were going through a transition with the appointment of Glass. So I always felt there was that opportunity for Hearts to go and seize third. Um, and they went they went and done that, deservedly so. And for me, it was all about, right, could we we go to the next level now? We, we've got the, the added income. Where can the club go? But unfortunately, they've stagnated and they've went backwards this season. And I think in large, we can talk about recruitment and, and I'm sure we will, because um, clearly January wasn't good enough. But I think the, the the large amount of the blame has to, to go at the manager's feet. And I think this season in particular, away from home, three away wins, you can't blame Joe Savage or the board for that. You know, that that, that that's that's down to the manager and, and the way he sets up his teams. And um, as I say, I think he's it's one of the most expensively assembled heart squads. And yeah, we've had injuries and they've had knocks, but Ultimately, it hasn't been good enough. And as I said, I just don't think we've competed and games have been over very, very quickly. Um, I just expected a lot more from Hearts this season and and they haven't delivered. And now to be sitting here with, uh, was it, seven games to go and to be fourth now, I think is an absolute disgrace. So we've got to, got to improve. Um, there's still time to salvage the season, but it absolutely was the right decision. Matty, the players have to take some of the blame here, though, as well. Can't all just be on the manager. Oh, absolutely. Of course they do. Um, there's been a lot of completely lackluster performances from a number of players. I mean, you could probably point a finger at every single one of them at one stage or another. And I'll include Shankland on that, because even even before he went on his big sort of scoring run earlier in the season, he went through a stage where Robbie had to drop him, because even he, he wasn't really up to standard at some point this year as well. Obviously, he's came back, responded to that, came off the bench against Celtic, and they scored a hat-trick, or nearly scored a hat-trick, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think our centre-halves are, quite frankly, an absolute disgrace to a man. 
Um, I think the way Rolls got bullied by the St. Mirren boy at the weekend was inevitable. It's not the first time it's happened. It won't be the last time it's happened. I think there needs to be fingers pointing to the recruitment in general this season. I think it was a failure in the summer. I think we then failed again in January. It's been blatantly obvious that this club's missed someone to replace both Craig Halkett and Liam Boyce um, all season. Halkett's been a major miss. We've not had a defender that could win a header all year. We get bullied by every single team in the league that has any form of a strong centre forward. And I think now the, the buck really has to stop with Savage. He's came out. I, I agree it was time for the manager to go. He's now got the opportunity to come in, bring in his own man. But the excuses stop now. Um, there was a lot of talk about Robbie sort of having say and transfers and blah, 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 which he's going to have. Your manager's got to have a say in who comes into the football club. There's no point just handing him players that he's got no input on. But for me, defensively especially, the complete lack of uh, right-back cover for Michael Smith, who somehow made it to 200 games for this football club despite being finished for the last 18 months um, at the weekend there, showed, showed his class by getting rinsed by anyone with the slightest bit of pace inside five seconds. Um, just generally, it's been an absolute disgrace of a season, really. And we're fortunate to still be in the position that we're in because let's get real. If Aberdeen hadn't chucked Goodwin under the bus, we wouldn't be anywhere near third at the moment. We'd be miles off it. So we're lucky to still be in that race. And it's time for the whole football club to really have a look at himself. I think the team needs to have a look at himself. I think players have to have, to have a look at themselves. I mean, Snodgrass at the weekend, what the fuck is he doing? Getting himself booked there. I mean, I know he can't run anymore and he shouldn't be anywhere near the football pitch. Because in all honesty, he wouldn't keep up at a game of fives anymore. That's how much his legs have gone. But still, right? You can't be getting booked like that. You can't be getting a second second yellow like that. That's unacceptable. But at the end of the day, you go 2-0 down at home, needing to win, and the manager changes to a back five. If you're not, what more can you say? That was a disgrace. Glad he's gone. Spencer, did, did Robbie um, shoot himself in the foot quite a lot of the time? <clears throat> I mean, listen, somebody's team selections were baffling. I think the, the biggest one was the Rangers game when you know we're on a great run of form and then he changed it completely. But I, I think Matty sort of touched on there. The players need to take a, a long, hard look at themselves. I think some of their, their performances recently have been shocking. I mean, the, the Pataudry game, for example, 3-0 down within within half an hour. You could argue, you could look at some of the, the setup by the manager, but ultimately I think the players need to take a long, hard look at themselves, and I think they've really, really done done Robbie an unfair one. No, I, I listen. I completely agree. I think I think the players can't um, not take any responsibility. I mean, at the end of the day, the professional footballers, whether they agree with the manager or not, they should still be going out and and giving their all for the football club. And I think for a lot of this season, um, it has been down to basic errors, but. It's it's seeing those basic errors from the touchline and either one improving uh, on on the training park and making sure that they try and cut these errors out or dropping these players from from the team and and unfortunately he either dithered and took too long to to drop these players or he just he, he didn't change it um, and they clearly weren't working on them and I think that's the biggest thing for me I mean we could talk about it obviously defensively I mean the goals that Hearts have given away and, and every single one of them who have played defence this season. Um, aren't going to escape criticism because they've all given away schoolboy um, goals at, at one time or another. Um, they've they've all made huge mistakes that have led, um, particularly against the better teams, I think. Um, 
and like we said on, on on last week's podcast, you know they're they're responsible for their own actions, and and half of them are just like statues. They just stand and and watch everybody else trying to do um, everything. I think Matty mentioned Shanklin there, and, and he's right because we criticised them as well right up until that Celtic game. I thought he had been poor as well, and and fairness, Nielsen actually took him out of the team. Then he came on because of Humphrey's injury, and he's never looked back. and And I think he looks whoever the the new manager is, they'll you know having someone a, a player like Lauren Shankland in there, um, will be key for them. You know, he's he's a key player, and, and hopefully they can get. Um, more creativity behind them because I think he's the sort of player that can certainly get himself up to 30 goals. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that, even if depending on what formation and what he play, can maybe even get a partner up there that can contribute to, to a fair amount of goals. Um, yeah, key players have been out this season as well, but I still think that squad's more than good enough to compete and, and finish third at a canter. But clearly the, the, the players weren't buying what he was selling, as I say, and I just think that overall everybody has got to look at themselves in the mirror um, because they've let the football, well, they've let the football club down, but ultimately they've let the fans down. People like us who pay money and go and watch them all over the country um, with their half-arse performances. But look, they've got the manager sacked now. Um, it's up to them to step up. You know, massive game of the weekend, a derby game, going repay the people that pay your wages now um, by winning that and getting this club back in Europe and then a new manager can come in and assess who he wants to keep and, and who he wants to bring in to, to improve the squad and um, I think that's why this appointment is potentially the biggest in Hearts' history because if they can get someone who can come in and actually take the club to a different level then we'll actually see the, the club achieve things that we, we know it can potentially achieve but if they just go for another box standard Nielsen type appointment then what the fuck's the point? I mean, seriously, we're just going round in circles and we'll just be achieving the same thing. So, um, yeah. And by the way, I mean, been all this, you know, and we need a hearts man type, you know, I, I, I'm quite happy for someone to come in who has zero connection to the football club. Um, I don't even want a, a Scottish manager, to be honest with you. I think they've got to look at someone who has uh, experience of managing in the, the, the Europa League, someone with fresh ideas, someone who's, emphasis is attacking football, go on and back that manager and, and hopefully take the football club to the next level. That's that's what we've got to be looking at. And I think given the tightening of the appointment, I'd like to think that they already have contingency plans in place. And I think, um, because if they didn't, I think it would be a bit foolish. Um, I, I, whether someone comes in now or, or they wait till the summer, I don't know. But I think um, I think they'll, they'll have, I think Savage will have someone lined up. Because as I said, you know, he's... Um, He's almost had one arm tied behind his back. You know, he's, he's as a sporting director, he didn't appoint Robbie Nielsen. He's not his man. I think this is where you now judge someone like Joe Savage. Um, because if he can bring in his own man, someone that he can work with and they can really take this football club to the next level, then he should be lauded for it. But if he fails, then rightly so, he should be criticised. And um, it's, uh, it's going to be a very, very interesting either few weeks or or however long they take to, to appoint the next man. Matt, does a new manager, a new manager obviously changes things, but does a new manager change the potential systemic problems that are at heart? No, um, I don't I don't know if a, if a new manager sorts everything. I think it depends on the kind of managers that the club bring in. Maybe if they 
bringing a Martindale or a or a Robinson for St Mirren, then I don't know. I don't know what that's going to achieve. I don't think anyone would be particularly happy with one of them. Gordon said he didn't want a Scottish manager. I kind of agree with him there. I'd go further and say I don't want anyone that's ever had any association with Scottish football whatsoever to come in the door. Like I, I just don't. I don't see where that takes you. I think out of all of that sort of calibre of manager, we've just had the best one. I mean, the only one that sort of comes close to him really is McInnes. And I wouldn't be happy with McInnes either because we all know he's got the same ceiling that Robbie Nielsen has. Uh, maybe there was a little bit more consistency with McInnes. He'd done it for a longer sort of period of time, but he also had less competition. So you can kind of put them both on a par for me. Um, I'd like us to go out and do something entertaining. I mean, people will look at the last time we lost Robbie Nielsen. We brought in Cathro signed about 15 players in January or whatever it was, completely derailed the squad and the club went backwards and ended up relegated. Um, it'll be interesting to see if we've addressed that. I suppose that's the whole point in somebody like Savage. I mean, his job now is to to show that we have moved beyond that. I mean, we had a heated debate as to whether or not Ambudge was making the decisions last week on this podcast. And I think the fact that Robbie's been sacked is very much a step in a direction that I don't think this football club would have taken a few years previous because we've seen it. We ended up in a situation under Levine where he was at the club to the point where it was done. I think we've taken, I think we're probably a week too late, but I think we've taken decisive action, removing Robbie at this stage to try and salvage European football. And I don't think that's something the club would have done three, four years ago. I don't think it's something that board would have done at the time. So I see that as a positive. But it will all it all depend on who comes in, and um, more importantly, what kind of manager it is. I mean, we need somebody. If we're ever going to achieve anything as a football club, we can't be we can't be put off by the Cathro experiment. It failed miserably, but it was the right idea. I'd like to see us sort of head down a similar line, try and bring in some sort of maybe maybe not someone that's never played football, but someone that's just at the beginning of of their managerial career. They're going to come to hearts, and if they do a good job, then who knows where they might end up. I mean, you see clubs in England do it all the time, and you, you can use Brentford as an example, right? But when Brentford brought in Frank, they were nowhere, right? They were absolutely nowhere. They brought in a young, upcoming German manager, and they've ended up in the Premier League. Uh, Brighton and another club that have went along the sort of similar path where they've they've looked into this sort of market that exists within football where you can find gems, where you can find cheaps or underrated footballers and that seems to be listening to what savage says it seems to be sort of his mantra and his idea how we can progress the football club forward and it might work it might not but i'm glad we're in a situation where we can give it a try and i don't want us to not out of the fear of another cathro happening again that's my worry now moving forward don't bring in a dud try something if you're going to bring in somebody like martindale just keep nielsen in the first place well, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, short term, I know there's been a lot. Of, I think there has to be a difference, though, but maybe to get us to the end of the season, you could look at someone like, you know, Stephen Naismith, for example, in the coaching staff. I don't think he's the answer long term. Ultimately, the short term objective has to be get third place, isn't it? And get a result against Hibs on, um, on Saturday. In terms of the summer, who knows? I mean, a lot of things could happen. If, for, for example, Someone wins a Scottish Cup, maybe uh, uh, one one of the the, the managers could be could be considered, maybe someone like John John McGlynn, for example. Um, but also ultimately, I think a European coach. I think someone like 
I'm not, I'm not sure. You know, there's a few people out of work at the moment. AVB, Andre Miller's voice, someone like that. And um, yeah, you know, I think uh, I think a European coach could take I us thought it was more ludicrous, honestly. You said <laughs> John McGlynn or AVB. See, like, the thing is, right, he's, he's, piss, he's pissing himself laughing there, right? See, Andre Villas-Boas, right? Like, you look at him as an example of a manager, right? Yeah, he's absolutely unrealistic now, but when he started off in football, he was 34-year-old, right? Like, yeah. he, I, don't know, I don't know what to be that guy, but can we go and try and find, like, that next sort of calibre of manager? Yeah. Uh, although, well, to be honest... people out of work. Like, the AVB is out of work, and, you know, you have, you have other people as well. <clears throat> It depends if you if you want to think about it. Sergio got an argument with a fan. He might be sad. Yeah. But even someone like I know Gordon wouldn't like him, but Rafa Benitez is available. I mean, is this what what sort of low calibre you know? I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to put you on mute, Spencer. I'm all for being ambitious and and I'm the first person to maybe get my high like my, my head the clouds, but Rafa Benitez is not coming to hearts. Right. Oh, so you never know his reputation's been ruined in England. No, I, no, I heard, no, I heard no, Ranieri no, wants it again. First, let's be honest here, baby. Rafa Benitez is a fucking loser. Um, listen, I had to watch his Everton team, right? I mean, the, the, the man is a fraud. Don't be fooled by his past achievements. Um, he's just as negative as anybody, by the way. He's probably a bald Spanish Nielsen, if anything. Um, he'll be the first to, to keep his five at the back, I can assure you. Um, but yeah, now look... <laughs> Matty's absolutely right in what he's saying. You know, I wanted Catherine at the time. I, I remember, I think, four managers that were linked at the time. I'm sure it was like, um, I don't think Dell was one of them. I can't remember who the four actually were, but there were three were bought. I think one of them was Stephen Presley. He'll inevitably be fucking linked again. Um, I think oh, that quickly, be if that wee snaky rat gets Aye. anywhere near this football club, I will not yeah. be back. No, 100%. I don't think that will ever happen, actually. But, um, He'll he'll inevitably be linked. He always is. Um, he might end I, up. I think I'm sure it was him, him Hartley, and someone else, and Cathro, and unanimously, uh, everyone before the I think it was Rangers game, were saying, "I want we'll we'll give the boy Cathro a shot. That's who we want out out of the four because he was an exciting kind of um, unknown. Well, he clearly didn't have the right temperaments for the job, and and really they should have known that after speaking to him. Um, I mean, he could barely string a sentence together. Um, so the club were never going to take him seriously. But the backlash from the media before he was even appointed, I think I think highlighted just how actually scared they were that someone like that could come in and take hearts to the next level because it, it absolutely would back the, the status quo. Um, hence the, the absolute negativity towards him in, in the media. And unfortunately, he caved under that pressure. But that doesn't mean he's he's not a high caliber coach because he's still uh, working at some of the highest levels. I think he's... I'm sure. I, I don't know if he's away with Nuno now at whoever he's at. I think is he out in the Middle East or something now. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, he started the, the season, uh, was the last season there at Tottenham Hotspur, you know? So at the end of the day, he's, he, the, the idea was right, as, as Matty says. I think the execution was just wrong. And I think you've got to get someone who's ready to step into management who maybe has a bit of experience but has a decent track record. As I said, I'd like to, to find someone who. Um, his philosophy is attacking football. I think that's what it's got to be because I think in Scotland, um, particularly if you, I mean, look, look at Postecoglou's Celtic side. All they do is attack teams and they blow them away. Um, Rangers are a pretty solid outfit, but sometimes um, 
and, and you see the attacking players that they have, if, if Hearts can get to, to a level where teams are, are feared to play them, like they were maybe at the start of this season and potentially last season, Hearts will win games because teams generally just sit in. And um, I think I think that that would make it easy for Hearts to become the third force in Scotland. Um, defensively, you don't... If you have a box standard defence who are just able to defend, then you can concentrate on, on your attacking players. And that's what Celtic do because even defensively, Celtic aren't that great. I wouldn't even say Rangers are that great either. Um, I think both of them got found out against better attacks at the weekend there. You've seen that. The goals that they both conceded, all five goals were probably avoidable, apart from obviously free kicks world class, but um, certainly four of them were absolutely avoidable. Um, and that that's that's what having good attacking players is. Now, when we've got a, a 22-goal-a-season striker who's having to come deep to win the ball, that highlights your problems. Um, uh, attacking emphasis. We have a lot of good players, I think, and unfortunately, just the system hasn't suited them. And, and if you can get someone who comes in with a fresh approach, and listen, if Hearts can get themselves third this season and, and have that European group stage football guaranteed, then I'm really excited to see who would come in and, and, and actually take us in Europe. Because Tynecastle can be a very intimidating place if, if the fans are right up for it and if the team come out the traps like we all hoped that they would have done last season um, against, you know, Fiorentinas and Zurich and things like that. And in fairness, kind of the first half against Zurich was a bit like that and, and unfortunately it wasn't to be. But the rest of the games, you know, Neil, proper Nielsen kind of, even the first leg, you know what I mean? Delighted that he had lost 2-1 and that we were still in the in the game. I think summed his mentality up. You know, we, we should have been going there and winning that first leg. Zurich were, were, were a team who hadn't won a game all season, weren't even playing in their own stadium, and we should have went there with all the confidence that we had and, and really asserted ourselves on that first leg. We even took the lead, but after that, their goalie didn't even have a save to make. So I think that that highlights the, the, the difference. If you have a top coach who comes in and can, can win these types of games and maybe, you know, surprise a few there. I mean, a home uh, quarterfinal against Celtic, you think, we could potentially win this one. Everyone's buzzing, everyone's up for it. A famous day. That was never going to happen a few weeks ago, unfortunately, just because of the, the mentality of the manager, I'm afraid. And um, Listen, the, the gap's as big as it's ever been between the old firm and, and us now. The the next level isn't necessarily going and, and challenging Celtic and Rangers or even splitting them. The challenge now is, is what we should have done this season is bridge that gap between ourselves and the rest of the sides and try and get a little bit closer to them, try and get to the latter stages of finals, see how well we can do in Europe. You know, we won two games. Yeah, great. But they were against a, a team who I think get on average about 2,000 a, a week uh, from a, a, a tiny country like Latvia. So we should have been winning those games anyway. Um, the problem was they went to Florence and got a draw where we got scudded 5-1. The game was over by half time. Um, that's the difference for me. You know, you've got to have managers who can change their approach in different games, absolutely. But fundamentally, they get the best of their players. And um, we've got the budget. We've we've got the core of a decent squad there. Uh, injured players will be back eventually. You know, guys like Beningame will be big next season, I think. Um, you can get a manager who can get the best out of these guys. Add wee bits of uh, um, players here and there that, that they know that they can bring in. Maybe wee gems that no one's heard of. And then start selling them on. Um, then, then that's how the, the club will ultimately grow. It's not going to happen overnight. Nobody's delusional enough to think it's going to happen overnight. And I, I think we'd be stupid to 
to forget the progress that, that, in fairness, we did make under Nielsen. But he was never going to take us to the next level. And, and I think that's why when people from the outside look in and they go, oh, it's a, a baffling decision that Hearts have sacked Robbie Nielsen. Well, it's not, because the standard of football, first and foremost, hasn't been good enough for a long time, even when Hearts were winning. Um, they've underachieved this season when there was no excuses for them to underachieve this season. And um, I thought it was baffling giving Robbie Nielsen a three-year deal um, at the start of the season. I think he should have. we should have just let him see out the season and then reassess in the summer anyway. I think that was the plan, but um, there obviously might have been maybe a few background noises wanting him to get this longer deal. I don't know, but because he was never going anywhere. I don't think anybody was ever going to come in and take Robbie Nielsen from Hearts. Um, so they, they made a, a wee error there. But look, he's gone now. Um, he's a Hearts legend, and he is. And I will say that for him. You know, he won the Cup as a player. He was a good player for Hearts. Spent a long time here. His managerial record over two spells is is decent. And in comparison to, to a lot of the other managers that match the football club. Um, and... and We've criticised them. I've criticised them heavily, um, and but I, I don't hate the guy. Um, I just hated his brand of football, and um, look, you know, I, I wish him well for the future. But for Hearts to grow as a football club, he had to go. Matty Gordon's correct when he's saying there. You need to bring in a manager that can install confidence when it comes to the bigger games in a season. You know, getting to cup finals, getting to, you know, going into games against the whole firm at Tincastle and not thinking we're going to get beat anyway. I mean, that's that's got to be the aim. I mean, it's it's not just Celtic and Rangers. It's, it's everything else that comes along with that, that calibre of game. I think Gordon touched on a lot there that was pretty accurate. Um, I mean, he mentioned Ange and his style of football. I mean, Ange is the kind of manager that, that we should be looking at, like, no one knew who he was outside of sort of Australia, that kind of scene before this season. And I'm not saying that's the level that we should be going for, but Rangers bringing in Beal. I mean, Beal's an assistant manager that was at QPR for six months. Like at the end of the day, like that's that's the that's the blueprint for Scottish football there, just along the MA. Now, obviously, we're not on the same level. We're not on the same budget. But we need to try and sort of come at that the, the sort of stage below, and that's where we need to be. And I think part of that's going to be bringing in someone that is young, someone that is ambitious. I mean, to an extent, Robbie, when he first got given the job back in 2015, I mean, no one knew where it was going to head, but his first this first season in charge, he did go to Ibrox. You know, first, his very first competitive league game as Hearts manager, we went to Ibrox, we went 1-0 up, they brought it back, and then Osman So scored one of my favourite goals I've ever seen from any Hearts team ever. And that season, we were brilliant, and I don't know if it was, I don't know why, but we came up and you sort of seen his, you seen his philosophy change slightly, became more conservative, became more afraid to lose instead of going to win, and that never really left him. And it got us into this situation where we were efficient, but we were boring. We'd do the things you'd expect us to do, but we'd never do the things you didn't expect us to do. And it was just, eh. So we need to try and, you're right, we need to try and find something that's going to push us onto that next level. That might make us slightly more inconsistent at first, but I'd take a little bit of inconsistency if it meant that there was the chance of, I don't know, a moment, 
some kind of in, some kind of enjoyment, some kind of big game where you go in and you actually fucking win the thing instead of the, the last three years where it's been a case of every time it mattered, you know, take a draw here. Uh, draw would be all right, just didn't get beat. And it just got boring. It just got really, really boring. And I think that's the challenge for whoever comes in next. It's the challenge for the board. It's the challenge for Savage. They need to find that guy. And it's not going to be an easy job, and we might get it wrong. But I want us to try. Hearts. I think I think that's the one word I would sum up, Robbie, is Mr. Hearts. He's a Scottish Cup winner, two-time manager, eight unbeaten against Hibs. And, you know, we have all these famous European knights to, to thank Robbie for, and I just wish him all the best for, for the future. Thank you, Robbie. He'll be I, back. He'll why, be back. Why, for why, why, don't you, why, why don't you go through every single person and, and ask them about their one word to sum Robbie up? That, that's a that's a good point. Well, let, let, let's do that, Gordon. Um, what's what's your one word to describe Robbie? Well, I'm sorry if I'm going to steal your thunder here, Matty, but loser. Matthew, it's fine. I had a backup. Fraud. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's is boring. A boring loser fraud. You heard it here first, everybody. Who's Mr. Hearts? Mr. Hearts <laughs> is Robbie. <laughs> We'll move on. We've got we've got an Edinburgh derby this week um, with an interim manager. Who who do we think will take charge of Hearts, Gordon? Uh, uh, I mean, Stephen Naismith is the obvious uh, candidate, but uh, it's an interesting one because they, they haven't commented if um, McCulloch or Gordon Forrest are leaving the club yet. Um, so they could potentially maybe take the team. I don't know, but um, it was an interesting statement from Hearts. And um, like I said before, I think we tweeted. On Saturday, they are saying that Hope Savage and McKinley have contingency plans when Vlad sacked JJ Sergio was in the next morning. Um, so a quick appointment could be on the cards. They might have someone lined up. Uh, no one expected Nielsen to actually get sacked um, this well tonight. So um, who's to say that they don't have someone lined up and there might be a new manager? The, the long-term replacement might be in the dugout for, for Saturday. Um, that would suggest to me that it's probably a left field appointment because I don't think they they would be able to agree a compensation package with a club this quickly. Um, although again, Nielsen was was done very hush hush and very very quickly, um, but that was during COVID, of course, and no football was being played at that point, so um, easier to get things done, I guess. But um, yeah, I would imagine it would be Naismith probably, and and he might be supported by McCulloch and Forrest. I don't know. Um, is is the honest truth? Um, but uh, again, you know, he's obviously already got commitments with, with with the B team. I know the first team always take priority, of course, but um, he's on a job and they're still in the middle of the season as well. So, um, it's difficult to say what what the club will have lined up. I hope they're just not sitting with the fingers up their arse and they've just went, all right, well, we'll cave to the pressure, right? Get them out, and then they're like, right, what are we going to do? Um, I don't think that's the case, to be honest with you. And and if it is the case, then they're clearly not good enough to be in the positions that they are and um, and, and they won't last very long if, if that is their mentality. I don't think it is, though, because I think the club has, has moved on um, and is in a better place, despite um, despite some some of, uh, of the comments from, from people. And I just think that, that now we, we are a different football club to where we were under Levine. Um, I think Savage has got a big part in, in weeding out a lot of shite um, i.e. The, the, the scouts um, the scout department was a big one 
the medical department and coaching department, they've they've changed the club from top to bottom. So, and it is a different board, remember, um, compared to when Ann Budge was running the show now. You know, it is obviously the foundation are on the board and McKinley's in there, he's got a big say and obviously Anderson as well pumps his money in. I don't know how much of a say he has in football terms, but, you know, the man has put a lot of money into hearts and um, he will be looking for his return. And, uh, you know, if he's seen the club's potentially about to lose out in £5 million, then he's he's going he's gonna to say something, I think. He's not a stupid man. Um, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see who takes the dog. Listen, it's a massive game. Absolutely huge. And I think now that... Um, They've just lost the team bottom of the league who've won their first game under their new manager. Um, I'd imagine the Hibs end, they'll be quite subdued, uh, quite angry, uh, and they'll quite they'll get on their team quite quickly um, if Hearts were to start well. And I think now that, that I think the Hearts, Hearts support anyway will certainly be more buoyant um, that, than it was if, if we were going into it with, with Nielsen still in charge. There would certainly be that negativity. Particularly if, uh, particularly if Aberdeen get a result on the Friday, them playing is not great because they could go five in, in front and that puts even more pressure on us now. But um, look, they have to go down there and win and there's no reason why they shouldn't. Um, we've won our last two games 3-0 uh, against them home and away and, and I don't think we played particularly well there. We have better players than them. Um, mentioned that last week there, they've got Nisbet, but uh, I think Hearts kind of dealt with him quite well the last two times we've we've played against him. So, um, if they can go down there and do the simple things well, I think they should win the game. Um, take the game to Hibs, show that we have the better players, and if we can get a couple of the injured boys back, if Gino, I think, because he's you know he's played really well in the last two games against Hibs, I think they've struggled to to kind of contain him if he can get fit, and then hopefully Xander Clark will be fit as well. Um, not sure I fully trust Ross Stewart and goals to be honest with you, although he didn't really do too much wrong um, on Saturday. I don't think he could have done too much for the two goals to be honest, but. Um, but you can still imagine Hibs just wanting to put balls on top of him and put him on, on, under pressure, particularly what would be the biggest game of his career and the biggest game that he will ever play. Um, so it would be, it'd be interesting to see how he does, but I think um, if Hearts can get a few key players back for, for that game, then um, it'll be interesting. Hopefully it'll be a different type of system, one that'll get the best out of the players. And um, if we can go there and get a result, that could really, really turn things around very, very quickly. And... Um, Particularly if Aberdeen could drop points at the weekend, um, you know, even if they were to, just to draw and if Hearts were to go level with them, um, with us having the early kickoff against Ross County before they played Rangers, suddenly momentum's turned completely round. And from what was looking like it was a disaster situation, suddenly it's almost back in your own hands because they have to come to Tincastle in the top six, um, which will be a massive game. And it could come down to that match. It really could. So huge. Absolutely huge coming up, and and I think um, this game, far from a harsh point of view, is the the biggest derby of the season now. Um, I know we had the Scotch Cup one, but I think now this one takes precedent. And if Hearts can go down there and get a third win in a row against Hibs in particular, then um, it'll show you just how far above we are are them. But they'll they, they'll be trying not to lose. Obviously, we're we're nine unbeaten against them. Uh, they'll be desperate not to to make, get it to double figures. Obviously, so. They'll be going out, but I just think you you look at the Hibs squad, and particularly because their top key players are injured, um, I I would fancy Hearts to go and get a result. So it'll be interesting to see, and it, you know it's a big one on the players because if they haven't got the, you know, they can't hide behind the the manager now. It's all on them. So if they want a future at this football club, 
and they want to be a part of um, things going forward, then they've got to step up. Matty, do you fancy Hearts on Saturday? My confidence levels definitely increased um, from where it was even this morning, to be honest with you, Ross, given the fact that we've we've got rid of Robbie now. Um, I always fancy Hearts and Derby as well. Like, I think that's ingrained in me, uh, being, being the age I am and knowing how shite they are and have been for my entire life. It's pretty hard not to go down there confident. It'll be interesting. Gordon's right. It gives the players nowhere to hide. Um, there's absolutely no excuse now for them at all. There's no pressure on the coaching team. I'd imagine uh, probably by the time this is out, we'll have an idea who's who's in charge of the team. But if that's Forrest and McCulloch, well, they've done it last time and got a win. They've done more than Robbie ever managed getting a win down at Easter Road. So um, if it's them, they've got previous. If it's um, Naismith, then, I mean... I don't want him any longer than until the summer, but the man's a winner. I don't know how he is as a coach at all, but he's definitely a definitely a winner when it comes down to his personality. But it's huge. I think I think the keys start start players that can run. I think that team against St Mirren there at the weekend has to be one of the slowest Hearts teams I've ever seen in my life. I mean, none of them had legs like Devlin, maybe Hill. That was a bit. Like play Grant, play Grant on the left wing where Snodgrass is number ten, Lord and Shankland up front. You're never getting him behind anybody. <laughs> none of, like, all technically pretty decent footballers, but none of them can run. Right. <laughs> so I mean, come in, start positively. Hopefully with a with a new man in charge now. Um, start positively. Get some legs on the pitch. Get some pace in behind. And I always fancy us down there. You know, start the game well. Their fans will turn. They can what it's like. They'll know what's coming every time it's a derby. The, you hear it. You hear them shit themselves every time they see that maroon strip walk out onto the pitch. We'll beat. I think you know what. I we're gonna batter them. It's Hibs. It's Hibs. We're gonna batter them. He's not here. The loser with a terrible record is no longer at the football club. We're gonna go down Easter Road and win. What if we get beat? Then they should have sacked him earlier and gave the new manager more time. Score predictions for Saturday? I think it'll be a difficult game. Two sides that are not in form at all. Um, I watched Hibs today. Not a particularly great side. Hibs, um, they do have players that on their day could cause a problem for us. Last couple of derby performances, although they've been 3-0 victories for us, there's been periods in the game where they've looked okay. If they got a goal at certain points, maybe results would have went differently. Who knows? I think it'll be a draw. I do. I think I, I can see it being 1 1. You know, people call Craig Fowler a hippie, but I think Spencer is the real closet hippie. <laughs> you know, I was always going to say 1 0 anyway, but um, I'll, um, I don't know. I, I think Hearts will win definitely. I, I will, I'm torn between 1 or 2 0. I'll go with 1. I'll, I'll side on, on, on the cautionate side, but. Uh, yeah, I think I think, I think Hearts will win it one 0 Matthew, I'm touring between two one and five 0 I think we'll either absolutely batter them, or it'll be an absolute slog. But I think we'll win. Like, and that's a really weird prediction to make. But like, the last time we went down there, we literally had about, we had about three shots on target and won three 0 So I mean, it could be it could be a repeat. You know. What I mean? 
I mean, under the, I mean, if it is under um, Forrest and uh, McCulloch, under the one Derby, one Victory management team that is the two of them, it'll be, be interesting. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm really confident. Maybe I'm just delirious because I'm happy that he's been fired, but I'm pretty confident now. I really am. I'm buzzing. It's a good time to be a Hearts fan again. So we'll probably get beat. <laughs> probably. <laughs> That's what tends to happen. Well, but get him in. Get him back in. We'd never have lost under Nielsen. These players are frauds. <laughs> get them all out. Get them all out. Thank you all for joining me this week. Um, yeah, hopefully we do get a win over, over Hibs in the derby. Um, until next week, goodbye.